Live from Mux Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, this is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome in. It is Kenny and Heilprin. We are live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin. Zach, on another very quiet day in the Wisconsin football universe. How are you? How are the dogs? <laughs> my, my dogs are doing great. Uh, Wisconsin's got some dogs. Wisconsin's brought in some dogs. The latest. I'll let you introduce it because this, this is a big moment for Ben Kenny right now. Today was a huge moment for Big for Big Ben Kenny, wet blanket Ben Kenny. <laughs> it was a big day. This is one of those moments that I've been discussing. Seminal moment for Ben that Kenny. That would go a long way towards changing overall outlook, right? Like I've said, I've been positive about Fickle. I've been thrilled at everything he's done. I've loved the hires. I've loved the quarterbacks. Tanner Mordecai was the first guy, Zach. We were on air that next day, and I said during that time, like, this changes next season and it could change the outlook of their program as a whole, the next turning point for me was high-caliber wide receivers. And today, there is a commitment. Uh, I will note, is this a cause-and-effect relationship? We don't know. Luke Fickle, head coach of Wisconsin, was on the Bill Michaels show today. I talked with him for two minutes on hold before we brought him on. Two hours later, maybe not even two hours later, an hour and a half later, C.J. Williams, <laughs> former four-star wide receiver, from USC, commits to Wisconsin out of the transfer portal in the class of 2022, top 100 player, number 73, number 10 wide receiver in the class, number six overall recruit from the state of California. He chooses Wisconsin. Zach, a lot of angles here. Uh, first, I must offer a mea culpa. I think that's the best place to start, and then we'll get into what Williams can bring and what it means overall. My general mea culpa uh, is that I have doubted Wisconsin's overall ability to recruit with the other programs, like the top, top guys in the country. And I think we've seen their trench play be awesome. I think we've seen their linebacker play be great. The quarterback stuff has already been changing with Mordecai, but a commitment like this, C.J. Williams coming, a former four-star, one of the top wide receiver recruits in the country from only a year ago, this is one of the moves that proves what I thought wrong. Everything I thought I knew about Wisconsin, this is one of those things that proves it wrong. So I will first offer the mea culpa to say things are changing. Things are different in a very, very good way. I feel like the biggest question here is should Wisconsin still be comparing itself to Minnesota or <laughs> will this be – do we you know, point the target a little bit higher? Well, I would say that – Moves like this and getting in talent like this puts you on a different level. All right. When you're able to elevate your recruiting profile, which Fickle's done, right? That was our big question. When you bring in Phil Longo and you have that offense, what are you going to be able to cultivate at skill position? How are you able to fill the personnel? And I didn't know the answer to it. I think this is, I think it's somewhat of an indicative move of what is to come, where this could be a destination for guys like that. They view it as better, so much better than those guys would have viewed Wisconsin in the past. I don't see any reason why that shouldn't be a cause and effect with the quarterbacks. There's absolutely no reason why. If you have good quarterbacks and you're playing that type of offense, there's absolutely zero reasons why wide receivers like a C.J. Williams wouldn't want to come here. I don't want to sit here and say that they haven't been able to get quality wide receivers in the past. I think their wide receivers right now are good. But in terms of recruiting rankings and profile and everything that goes along with this, C.J. Williams is by far and away the biggest name that they've ever gotten. I mean, I, I, I think back to, and some people are going to have to, uh, way too young for this, but Craig Appleton was a, <laughs> was a recruit in 2009 out of East St. Louis, a really, really talented guy. Now he had some off-the-field issues that uh, ended up getting him kicked off the team and um, some other things happening with him. But, like, he was the he's, he before this he was the highest ranked guy. He was a four star guy, but Williams just knocks him out of the water, like blows him out of the water. It's not even close. And so, what they did with this guy, and again, he didn't have a great season at USC. He wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't the top ten wide receiver there. Everyone thought he was going to be at USC, but they also had how many wide receivers in that in that room that he was being asked to to play along with. You know what I mean? So it, 
I don't put any stock in what happened at USC last year at all. I think it's all that you're, you still have all that top ten talent coming to Wisconsin and playing in this offense. It's such a huge moment for the program, and it doesn't guarantee anything, but it ratchets, ratchets up further the excitement level around this program. I mean, you saw Twitter just absolutely explode today. Yeah, and excitement is something we've talked about. It's important. It matters. You like Kids around the country, no doubt, are logging on to Twitter and seeing what's going on. And I would expect they want to be part of it. Whoever has a relationship with Williams or whoever else would see everything that's going on and would want to join. A jumping off point here uh, to look at next year going forward, I'm thinking the names Tanner Mordecai and C.J. Williams connecting for touchdowns, not a sentence we would have expected to hear uh, two months ago, let alone two weeks ago. Now that could be reality. Who do you think leads Wisconsin in receiving yards next season? Because I think that's an important starting off point here. I have no freaking clue. If you had to guess. I don't think that room's done. I don't think that room's complete. Uh, they've added three guys, right, plus Tretch Kekahuna. So they have, I believe, I believe, uh, 11, depending on what Marcus Allen wants to do these days. Um, they essentially, it, look, I don't know if that's going to be his number, C.J. Williams' number next year. but he Number was wearing, four. He was wearing number four in uh, the video. That was Marcus Allen's number. So we'll see. And um, what was Marcus Allen's tweet exactly? Copy I'll go that. find it. No, yeah. it was like copy that. Copy that. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out with uh, with these numbers. I don't think they're done with the receiver room. And I don't, I'm don't. i not necessarily sure all the guys from last year are coming back. So I think that could also be uh, at play here. There's... There are only so many scholarships go, go around. The six-year guys do, in fact, count against the scholarship limit. So there is there okay. is that that goes along with it. So um, there's going to be some changes. I'll say that. If I'm forced to pick right now, um, I guess I would say C.J. Williams. But because he's not – it's not like he's entering into an offense that Chimray DK and Skyler Bell and Keontes Lewis all got to play in already. And, like, he had, they all have a leg up on him. They're all entering this at the same exact level, and he's entering it at a slightly different level just because he's a very, very good athlete and, you know, has that pedigree. It doesn't guarantee anything. Those guys are good players, but I think it's going to be very – I think he's going to be right up there. You would think he's going to be right up there, depending on the other guy that you bring in. If they bring in some of the other names that they've been talking about, then I might say one of those other names they would be talking about. But I think it's going to be – needs to be spread out. I don't know if we're going to see a guy just take over and be the guy next year. The snowball is rolling. If you want to look at an analogy, when Fickle gets hired, you have a little tiny snowball in your hand, and you're at the top of a large mountain uh, with some very steep inclines uh, and some slower inclines to pick up more snow. And since Fickle's been hired, the snowball has been rolling. They bring Longo in, the snowball got a lot bigger because then we see the quarterbacks come. And as momentum is going and going, the ball is getting bigger and bigger. I, I think that's my analogy for this. I would probably say Chimray DK if I had to guess, just because years of doing it in college so far. But I bring that up to say uh, it, it might not necessarily matter immediately next season. But I think, as I said, it could be indicative. I don't necessarily think it's all about C.J. Williams himself, although I think he's going to have a lot of success and be a star here at Wisconsin. I think it's about the next five C.J. Williams or the next 10 C.J. Williams and if this truly is an indicator that those guys are attainable for Wisconsin a kid from California a top 10 receiver in a class like that just completely changes your outlook because Longo spoke when he spoke with you guys I saw this quote around I think a couple weeks ago he said they wanted what 10 11 receivers in 11 the building 12, yeah. uh, go through exactly what he said when it came to that because well, I asked the question so um, I asked like do you think you can get these type of receivers at Wisconsin? And first of all, he kind of slapped me down saying, we have some good receivers here. Which they, they do. They, they haven't been asked to do what, every, what all these other programs have been asking their receivers to do. They've been, it's kind of, what, what do you emphasize? You, you, you get what you emphasize. And they emphasize the run. They emphasize certain aspects of the offense that didn't necessarily feature the wide receivers. Blocking. And that's not going away. <laughs> but, um, so they emphasize those things. They weren't necessarily emphasizing yellow. So we haven't gotten to see exactly what these guys are capable of. That being said, they obviously thought they needed to add to the room numbers-wise specifically because he wants to play 
you know, seven or eight guys. He, they they want to keep him fresh. So they want to have, you know, 11 to 12 guys available to play in games. And right now they're kind of at that number. But I think one more could come, one more could leave, and you would get to the number that he's kind of talking about. But, again, we thought they were done with the quarterback room prior to this week with Braden Moore, or, excuse me, Braden Locke. And he didn't, he didn't even mention Braden Locke when we talked to him last week. So, like, they, uh, they knew they needed to change that quarterback room they knew they needed to upgrade the wide receiver room especially numbers wise they need to do the same thing at the at offensive line and defensive line and they've done it you know to this point and i again I, they're not done um the wide receiver like this is one guy you're right if they can somehow turn this into consistent top level wide receivers want to play here i think this year could be huge for them if he's able to show and come here and play and, and play at a high level it's going to be an extremely attractive offense, an extremely attractive place to come. Um, we also haven't even hit on the perhaps the biggest part of this, and maybe it's a little bit of the unknown, is what impact is NIL having here and getting some of these guys to come? I believe with C.J. Williams, probably more so than any of the other guys, it played a significant role. And uh, we don't know that for sure. And there's no facts out there to back this up. But, I, you know, when you're – competing for a guy like this there has to be there's something there uh, whether it's with the collective it's obviously with the collective putting something together that you know made it attractive to be here a package as we would say I believe he was choosing between Wisconsin Notre Dame and West Virginia now Notre Dame he flipped from Notre Dame to USC when he was coming out of high school yeah after Brian Kelly went to LSU so I uh, all the situations are different, but, I mean, we talked about this when Braylon Allen decide, said he was going to return. It, there's no way we could say it for sure. This is speculation. But I don't think you come out of a transfer class with C.J. Williams and a guy of his pedigree, Braden Locke, former four-star quarterback from Mississippi State, uh, and then also Tanner Mordecai, a guy that was going to go to the draft and instead stayed to help his draft stock and maybe help him as a player, but also – foregoing what maybe could be some guaranteed money if he was going to get drafted. Nick Evers, too. I don't think you put together a, a transfer class like this unless that is part of it. Like, in today's age, I just don't see that being possible. So, I agree. And and that's a great sign. Um, it's the Overall, it's the number 29th ranked transfer class in the country. I was looking at it today. But their average rank of transfer, because they've only taken 10, I say only because Colorado's taken 21. I mean, they're at 12 now, but which is the 12? Oh, it might not have counted the last two, but their their average rank is up there. What I'm trying to say is the, the classes we have seen in the past with the other rankings might not be as big as some other ones, but the average rank, like this is a, a class that a lot of instant impact guys, I think a big point here too is we spoke either earlier this week or last week about uh, what I see is the importance of high school recruiting. A guy like Tanner Mordecai could change your 2023 season in a second. That's a difference maker at quarterback. He elevates the guys around him. It's a known commodity where you didn't have one previously, but that's not sustainable. I don't think you could get guys like that every year. You could look at receiver the same way. If C.J. Williams was a senior that had already played four years, he could come in and have a great 2023 but I wouldn't say, okay, that's the most sustainable route towards building. When you look at their transfer class, overall, you're talking about a lot of redshirt freshmen or freshmen that still have four years of eligibility left. So it's not high school recruiting, but it's kind of high school recruiting adjacent, if you will, where they're guys that, you know, <laughs> yeah, they got, no, they got their feet it. wet in college, but they haven't played and they have all the eligibility left. They haven't necessarily made an impact yet. Exactly. But they have all the time left is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So we talked about it with Braden Locke in the quarterback room and Nick Evers. But I think in the wide receiver room, you talk about C.J. Williams, Quincy Burroughs, who they got from Cincinnati too, and the other wide receiver from Cincinnati, who's uh, Will Pauling. All those guys together, like th this is a sort of roster building for a new coach in a new system that is similar to what it would be coming out of high school. Yeah. You know, so. I agree. They are just. This is college football now. Now, again, I don't think that they're going to be a, a school that's taking 12, 13 transfers every offseason. I think this is a situation where it's kind of like you have to build, or you, not you have to build, you have to 
fill some spots that you thought needed to be filled. And that's kind of what they're doing because of the type of offense they're going to run. They knew they needed to fix the um, quarterback room, thought they needed to add numbers at wide receiver. They've done that. So I, I feel like this particular year is not going to be the same as it is every year unless they have misses and transfers, you know, next year or in the in the recruiting class, then it's an opportunity to do that again. Yeah. I just feel like this, this year is maybe a little abnormal compared to what it's usually going to be. Especially which, on the timeline of all of it. Which also makes it exciting, right? Yeah. Well, Mel Tucker, you look at him in Michigan State, and they brought in big portal classes back-to-back years. One year worked out with one-year guys. The next year, it didn't. It's hard to sustain success that way, but yes. I, I don't think it'll be replicated. You go back to the wide receiver room, Zach. Uh, when we had Luke Fickle on the Bill Michael show today, we asked him about the quarterback room. And he said, we came in, we thought the room was pretty thin, we turned that around pretty quickly, and competition breeds good results. I think you could say the exact same thing about wide receiver. Jim Ray DK, Skyler Bell, Keontes Lewis, we know what they were last year, we know what they could do. You add Will Pauling to that, you add uh, a guy like C.J. Williams, you add all the guys they're adding to the room, all the competition there, it's only going to result in good things. It's not as if you have three guys, and that's it. Yeah, look, wide receiver had some competition, don't you think? I think wide receiver had some had some bodies last year. It did, but previous years maybe not as much. Yeah, no, like the it, it wasn't like the quarterback room where the quarterback no. where it was holy crap. There's nobody in here that's going to challenge Graham Mertz at all, and he deserves to be challenged here. And it was like that for the last three years. This time around, ton of guys challenging uh, in the quarterback room. Ton of guys challenging in the wide receiver room. There's going to be competition along the offensive line. There's going to be competition along the defensive line. Uh, outside linebackers is going to be packed. Corners going to be packed. You know, there, there are a lot of jobs open for business just based on what they've done in the transfer portal, these guys being thrown into it. And I think that's really, really good. I'm not saying there, there wasn't competition in the past. There has been. There definitely has been. Quarterback, though, is one that stands out where there hasn't. And I think that probably is the most important uh, note from this whole thing is what they've done competition-wise in that room. Yeah, and, I mean, there could be some cause and effect there. The more talent you add to quarterback, the better your wide receivers will likely look. The more talent you add to wide receiver, the more your, better your quarterbacks will look. Fickle also said on the show that uh, when we talk about the offense and what could be different, he said, yeah, they, they've had athletes there. Maybe they just haven't been able to be as athletic as they are in yep. terms of what they were running. But now you look forward into what Longo's going to bring. His whole basis is find space for the guys, get them the ball, and the more of these, again, broken record. And I know you can roll your eyes at, at recruiting stars and such, but overall, when you talk about high-caliber talent in an offense like that that emphasizes athleticism and getting guys the ball in space, um, this is, uh, again, this is the news that changes my outlook. And I have been... So your national championship bend now? Not there yet. Not there yet. But overall. Look at this guy. But overall. So your outlook hasn't really changed then? I'm all in. Well, okay. Oh, you're all in. My recruiting outlook has changed. Oh, okay. Because that's what I think leads to it. I'm not going to skip. I, I'm not going to jump there. We don't need to do that again. <laughs> we, we know how that ended up. but, but no, Not good for you. No, in all honesty, like when I look at the future and I look at how everything can be maximized, it's maximized through great recruiting. And it starts somewhere. I think they have started in a better place and off to a better start than I could ever have imagined. Like, I didn't think this was possible in any way. They've rewritten what we think of the program. Well, you know, it's, you know, it's funny. It is. You know how long ago that Minnesota game was? Two months? Less than two months. Wow. Seven, uh, what was it, uh, the end of November? Yeah. We're now in the second week of January, so six weeks. Seven weeks. How far away does it feel? Miles. Three years. Miles. Miles away, yes. Years. Decades, almost, if you could say. Because they are doing stuff now that hasn't been done ever at Wisconsin. Ever. Yep. Ever. Ever at Wisconsin. And I know some of these guys, you made this point yesterday, uh, because you, this is before the C.J. Williams news, but you made the point, like, the guys that they're getting aren't any different than the guys that they've always gotten whether it was a Jay Shaw or 
you know, uh, or Justin Clark or Cedric Dort or Keontes Lewis. I'm saying this was before today. Well, I said it not about the quarterbacks, but about some of the receivers yeah. and secondary guys. Yeah. Where Paul Christ also brought in some good transfers last year, not yeah. to compare, but Keontes Lewis was a good pickup. Jay Shaw was a good pickup. It was similar, Dort but was a p- good pickup. How it's all being done right now is just blown out of proportion. Yeah. I also think you talk about the snowball effect. They did it this way for a reason. I mean, they released one, two, three, one, and then a big one today. Or no, uh, what was it? One, three, two, two, maybe one, and then tomorrow, what are they doing? There could be more. No, no, but what are they like? Where, where, what are they? What were they trying to gear up for? Because that was the idea. Like this whole thing is geared. They have a big weekend planned for uh, in-state recruiting, right? They're hitting the state. Oh yes, yes. The coaches are hitting the state. I didn't see where you were going with that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. That's what they're. I mean, that's what. That's what this is about. I mean, it's it's generating interest, and uh, I you know Bill was talking about when he was saying goodbye to to Fickle. Uh, he's like just the palpable excitement, and he's and Fickle's like, well, we haven't even gotten started, really. So um, if this is just the beginning, and this turns into success on a field, I mean, I, I saw some people on Twitter saying that they're more excited right now for Wisconsin football next year than they are for the Packers, and that doesn't usually happen. Right. That doesn't happen. Right. I, I want to touch on that when we come back about not the importance of next year, but everything that's going to go into it. I also think we need to pay homage to the tweet of the day uh, in a – in, right. a, in a time with a lot of top-tier tweets, I think this one has taken the cake, at least in my eyes. So there's that coming up. I, I have a couple more questions about the transfer class that Wisconsin's bringing in, uh, what next year is going to look like, and maybe how this compares to other places across the country. Like whether this is abnormal or whether uh, are we caught up in all of it or is this truly you know, a top-of-the-nation unbelievable thing that's going on in Wisconsin. So that is all to come. That is Mr. Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny. We're live at Monks and Sun Prairie. Listen, the, the food here is terrific. They have locations across the state. There are televisions everywhere. Uh, I'm stooping my head to try to find Golf Channel because the Sony Open in Hawaii is this week. But you can come here to watch golf. You can watch NFL this weekend. You can come here to watch college ball. They have everything going on, and the food's great. Drink specials as well. So find a Monks location near you or come by to the one here in Sun Prairie. There's a lot more to come. We'll be back after this. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we are back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. We are at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. It is uh, another news-filled day. I had a whole, uh, some sort of, of show planned I was in my apartment last night, Zach, thinking about what to talk about. There's so many interesting ways to talk about this team moving forward, but they don't let us do it because they drop this news every day, which yeah. I'm thankful for. You just for have the to, record, you just have to expect it at this point, right? Right? Like you just like when it doesn't happen. <laughs> Stop when they, planning when, shows when something doesn't come. It's like that's what's going on, right? Why is it so quiet? Um, so I have a couple questions, a couple thoughts. The first. It's something we've thrown around. They've taken a lot of transfers. I think Tanner Mordecai, we would agree, is the highest impact of them all, at least immediate impact-wise, right? Yes. Who comes next in terms of the most impactful transfers? It doesn't have to be for next season, but in general, that they have taken so far. Jake Renfro. You'd say Renfro? Yeah. Excitable? No, but... uh... Almost instant starter walking in in day one? Yes. I think after today I would say Williams because I'm putting stock into the snowball cascading into hopefully more top-tier receivers coming. Um, And and also, by the way, we talk about this whole transfer class. I want to add Amari Snowden and and the kids they picked up in the recruiting cycle to this whole discussion. You don't get get to do that, though. I know, but in terms of the addition since Fickle's come, because we talk about Williams on the offensive end, we talk about Renfro on the line, we talk about Mordecai at quarterback. Almost as importantly, you're talking about top, higher-tier talent in the secondary. So it's it's not only happening in one spot. 
it's happening out of the high school ranks. And, yeah, these kids have, have four years left. So uh, development will be key, but there's a lot of time left for that to happen. Something you had said entering break, though. How important do you think next year is on the field for for Fickle, for the program, just Sig- in general? Significant. Significant because all this goodwill you're generating right now, that's going to carry over into spring, it's going to carry over into summer, it's going to carry over into the lead-up to the season, won't mean anything if you don't win. Like, you can – everything's great until you have to go out and play. And if you go out and play and you get punched in the mouth and you don't play well and you don't win games – it's not going to matter. So to it's huge. It's it's to be able to build off what you're doing right now. You can win. Like we talk about this every year. Nebraska wins every off season, right? Almost every off season they win. What do they do during the year? Suck, right? They're having another great off season. What's it going to matter if they don't go out and win? Wisconsin having a great off season, which usually doesn't necessarily happen at Wisconsin, but like. Usually the product on the field turns out to be pretty good. They need the product on the field to be good. And I and the schedule and the way it all plays out with them and the final year of the Big Ten West, they need to have success. I'm not saying they have to go and win the Big Ten West, but they better be in contention for the Big Ten West. They better be in contention to play for a Big Ten title because if you're not there, then where's the improvement? What are you, what are you doing that wasn't already done? You're trying to take this to the next level. If you're not in that conversation, and they have the talent to do it. That's the thing. It's not like they're starting over. They had the talent to do it last season. Yes. And all they've done is add. Yes. So they're not they're not starting from scratch. This isn't like a your normal what, seven and six team that has a whole bunch of holes and a whole bunch of is lacking talent. Oklahoma the, State. The twenty twenty three team was always going to be loaded, like with talent and, and opportunity. And they have that and they've just added to it and they've added Obviously, an offensive coordinator that uh, has a lot of people excited, and can it all come out and play on the field? But no, they have to. They have to have success. It has to be a successful year, and like a, like a, I think a pretty, pretty heavily successful year. The path, as we have explained, is very favorable in the grand scheme of things. When it comes to that, they're not walking into a, a Brian Kelly situation, say, where it's the SEC, and you know some of those teams are not as high caliber, but they'd open with Florida State. Brian Kelly in his first year at LSU went 9-3, and three, and he did win the division, and he beat Bama. So that's a big success in the eyes of everyone. You could see the momentum. He didn't immediately come and do what Sonny Dykes did and bring TCU, you know, to a national title. No, I mean, if but LSU still, was playing the Big 12, it might be a little bit different. Yeah, but still, a 9-3 and three and winning the division was a clear sign that the right things are happening. But I think the biggest key in all this, it's kind of what I wanted to talk about today, frankly. I think the biggest key in whether they win the West or not isn't necessarily Mordecai, isn't Williams. Uh, Braylon Allen will have lighter boxes. He'll have success. It's the defense to me. Yeah. Because last, like if the defense can return to a top 10 level in the country, not 2021 level because that's it's going to be hard to attain that, but to dominance because that's something we did see struggle at times last season, and they lost their two most impactful players. So how does the defense respond? How does it look under Mike Tressel? If the defense is able to get up to a top 15 to 10 level in the country and win them a game or two if they need it, that's when I think that success will will happen. So it's not only just about what Longo's offense looks like from day one, I don't think. I think we're asking a lot to have a top 10 defense when the offense can be playing the way they do. That's true. Maybe not necessarily in yards per game, because you're right. There will be a lot more possessions, just in the nature of if you score more, you give the ball to the other team to try to score more. Maybe not in points or yards per game, but in terms of point, uh, yards per play, like, like things, of, things of a per-play nature. I'll be honest. I'd be a lot more comfortable with that side of the ball if Jim Leonard was there. So would I. Just knowing what you're going to get. I think that what they're going to have I, – I, Luke Fickle's a great defensive mind. We know that. And – you know, Mike Tressel, the same way. And the coaches that they brought in, obviously uh, Paul Haynes' name today, and uh, they still need an outside linebackers coach. Uh, Colin Hitchler, name today. They got the defensive line coach, uh, Scruggs, from the New York Giants, or the New York Jets. And formerly Cincinnati. Yeah. So, like, they have a lot of good play- pieces in place, and Wisconsin has talent on that side of the ball. But what exactly is it going to look like? Um, so the, the uncertainty there 
is a little con- is is a little con- I wouldn't say concerning, just a little things need to be answered, questions need to be answered, and not just in and not just in spring. What it's going to look like on game days too. Yeah, and listen, it is January twelfth. Nope, and we're still <laughs> nope. It's it, <laughs> it's August third. They're in the middle of camp. <laughs> like they're uh, the first game is still seven eight months away. They haven't even started spring ball. So this conversation we're having right now could prove to be kind of pointless if they start practicing and, and we see how good the unit can be. But uh, I agree with the overall premise. I think next year is very important just in terms of keeping momentum where the snowball's rolling, right? Like you got to keep the snowball going down. And how do you how do you do what they're doing in recruiting, come back and, and have a good enough season to then continue it in the high school ranks? Because their success long-term is not only going to have to do with what they've just landed in the last month and a half. It's going to have to do with who they get next recruiting cycle. Fickle's first full high school cycle as a coach. And the cycle after that and after that. So that's where I think I should should be tuned. Once we get there, obviously, where it's very exciting and positive, it's about how you build on it. Because in 2021, for instance, right, like the program had a great recruiting cycle. And then things happened, and then I mean, they, some th- they th- took a downturn. Things happened, and the recruits that they got turned out to be not as good as a lot of people thought they were going to be. And they were all at kind of the same positions. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. Hey, I will say a lot of those guys in 2021 are, you know, still around and still have a chance to make an impact. Oh, definitely. Some of them don't. Um, but... The class is—I st- mean, the class is still there. It, wa- it wasn't the twenty-one class, though, was it? Was it the twenty-one class that was ranked that high? Or was yeah. It? Okay. Yep. Because that was Rucci. That was all of the yeah linebackers. Yep. So that'll be interesting to see. And you look at the defense. A lot of those guys are from that class. Zach, I, I mentioned this quickly, uh, entering break, and I'm sorry for waiting this long. The tweet of the day. Mm. This might have to be a a segment where we go to one of the tweets from a coach and or staffer and highlight it for for beauty purposes. Beauty purposes. Coach Phil Longo, at Coach Phil Longo on Twitter. Red box emoji, white box emoji. Oh, my! Exclamation point. Is it raining outside? (laughs) Question mark. Because it's raining recruits in our office. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Hashtag LF era. It looks like LFE, raw, but neither here nor there. You know what he meant. Yes. Hashtag Badger Nation. Hashtag Don't Blink, which is the slogan for Live Golf. Not down with that. Hashtag The Journey Continues. Your thoughts? It wasn't raining outside, was it, Ben? No. No, I I quote tweeted it with a picture of my drive here or home. Uh, It was cloudy. Yeah, it was cloudy. Uh, No rain. Big fan of his Twitter account. Big fan. He's He's exciting. And he let, doesn't let people know exactly what he's thinking and exactly what he's talking about. You have no idea what that could be meaning. Reigning recruits? Could it be just? Could it just be C.J. Williams? Could it be somebody else? When he was talking about five in the boat, then seven. You know, then we, we got seven, seven. Uh, you know, weapons coming. There's there's a lot there's a lot out there. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna put out a, a public statement on this matter though. Can't have Coach Longo using hashtag Don't Blink. The last thing we need is live bots entering into Wisconsin football realm, right? Like our realm is pretty, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty darn perfect right now. What's going on? I don't need live bots entering that. Live bots. So, that's my thought there. I feel like most people have no clue what you're talking about. Nope. Uh, but those that do really understand it. Last thing, quick uh, before we before we move on, and we'll touch on Wisconsin basketball a little later for a couple minutes. In terms of. Is what's happening at Wisconsin happening everywhere right now? I got a DM about this. I was looking at other new coaches, and I think Wisconsin and Nebraska are going to be a fascinating comparison point, both bringing in new coaches that were both maybe different than the one before. Matt Rule at Nebraska, obviously fickle at Wisconsin. Uh, Matt Rule has come in and definitely impressed in terms of the talent he's brought in early, but... What do we know about Nebraska? They always bring in that talent. And his transfer, like, what what uh, Rule is doing in Nebraska is not close to what Fickle's doing in Wisconsin. I say all that to say, this is not just some random, like, this happens everywhere when coaches get hired. You know where else this is happening? 
Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. To a different, a different scale. Degree, that to I, a different degree. I cannot compare the two. No, I mean, it's, it's at a different level. Uh, but but you look at you look at Lincoln Riley at USC last season. You look at Brian Kelly at LSU. Yeah. I mean, the, some of the guys that they brought in led to them having good seasons. Yes. I mean, Jaden Daniels, obviously, down at LSU, and he's coming back for another one. And C.J. Williams at USC. Usually the programs that get the quarterback. Caleb. What did I say? C.J. Williams? Yeah. Caleb Williams. It's usually the, te- usually the teams that get the quarterback are the ones that end up having successful seasons. So, so, so that's, what, that's Mordecai. Like, do you ever wonder difference. if C.J. Williams had come to Wisconsin, how different last year would have been? Ha- Caleb? Yeah. Well, maybe C.J. would have come, too, to, to play with him. I don't know. But, yes, I've, I've thought about that. Yeah. All right. We're not going to do that today. Very often. But I'm just, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. All right. Uh, there's a lot more to get to. We have to step away. The, the big man, uh, father above in the ear, is telling me that we must tip break. We're live in Monks and Sun Prairie. It is Kenny and Heilprin. Find a Monks location near you. It's a place to be all weekend long. Great food. Place to watch sports as well. When we return, there, there's a lot more to get to. We'll be back after this. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, we are back. It is Kenny and Heilprin. We are live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on a, uh, I guess, is now the busy season of Wisconsin football. Um, Zach, when when Fickle joined, when Coach Fickle joined Bill today, I asked him something I've been curious about: how the current college football schedule, whether it's sustainable, because there was the early signing period. Really got into the weeds with him with that one. Yeah, I mean, listen. You had one question, and that's the one you went with? Obviously. You didn't want to go with anything else? No, like I could have, uh, what do you think about the Big Ten? Is it a challenge? Like, no, okay, you could have been like, do you think Phil Longo's offense is going to work in this weather? I could have done that. I elected not to. That's a, You could have been like, hey, dude, uh, your ankles in this weather, how are they feeling? Uh, and are you a closet non-sock wear are you are you trying to make it seem like you don't wear socks and then people caught you wearing some some uh, no-shows that were very very low i could have done both of of those options there that i think feel like would have maybe gotten a better answer than the one that he gave you well we had to lob some i i had to lob a softball i had to soften it up a bit next time he comes on i will be sure to ask yeah those are the hard-hitting questions the questions everybody's wondering about yeah i wanted to know about whether he thought the current schedule of of college recruiting is sustainable because we've seen from the period of him being hired, we have seen the culmination of and piecing back together of a high school class in the early signing period and a full transfer cycle. And the window closes in six, five, six days, I believe. But all this happening right now, then we get to February. Is anything going to happen then, or are we just going to be starving for... Well, I think they still have some... Uh, some more, what is it, irons in the fire? Is that is that the way to say that they, they're still going after some guys? Yes, I think they're, I don't know if there's going to be like a, I don't think there's going to be a huge run on guys. I mean, think about it. They've added, they had 14 scholarship guys on signing day. They've added 12 commits uh, scholarship-wise in terms of um, transfers. So they've added 26 guys. 26 guys didn't leave this program. <laughs> you know what I mean? No. So, so there's, it's, there are, I mean, a host of guys did, but I think the numbers are still about to shake out. But I, I'll, I'll say this. I think they add another one or two guy, high school guys, specifically at least one along the defensive line. I think that's a necessity. Yeah, we haven't seen as much aside from Varner and the Pietrowski kid from Michigan State. Yeah. Jamel, we haven't seen much at the stand-up linebacker position, say, or defensive line. Yeah, I, think, I feel like uh, Jamel Howard is – is the big one that they're that they're uh, still looking at? Um, I don't know that they're going to get them. I know it's between them and Michigan. I think they're fighting for them. Uh, we'll see if they're able to end up getting them. But yeah, that uh, that's still I think a battle that needs winning because they don't necessarily have a ton of big bodies. Gio Paez, who I like by the way. I know you. I know you do. I thought he had a great guaranteed rate bowl he had a nice for what it's worth he had a nice bowl game and it was necessity because when they took Keanu Benton off this field off the field this year that defensive line was not great 
it was the most noticeable thing. Like even Herbig not being on the field against Minnesota or missing the second half of the uh, or missing the game. Who was it? Maryland that, that he missed, and then also missed the second half of the north most of the second half of the Nebraska game. They missed them, but when Keanu Benton missed time, it was more noticeable than anything else. So him and Kurt Neal find a way to to shore that up is big, but they need to add a body there, a big body there. And I think that they're working towards that. If it's not Jamel Howard, another uh, they have some other guys as well. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of Jamel Howard, so it's, a, it's between Michigan and Wisconsin, yep. we figure for him. Funny moment today. The Michigan president put out a statement pretty much saying we are excited to welcome Jim Harbaugh back as head coach. And then the Michigan football team screenshotted the tweet and made a graphic out of it like ESPN does to some stupid sports center tweet. Yeah. Michigan football did that as a way to say that Harbaugh is coming back. I don't know. At the same time that he's having interviews with uh, NFL teams? Yeah, he is weird. They are weird. The sport weirder than than anything because you have nfl people coming in and trying to decode all the messages people in college football are just like oh, that's normal yeah right <laughs> like they're, they're they're nutty they're weird well and you have this whole thing with kevin warren today too so you have like the president like all the presidents and chancellors you know kind of getting not blindsided by it they knew what he was gone i'm pretty sure they're happy about it uh, we should touch on being, that i'm pretty sure a lot of yes we should i think a lot of them are happy that he's he's gone they were not in place most of them were not in place when he was when he was hired in 2019, so I think there's a, a change coming there. But, yeah, it's uh, this college athletics, man, just different. I love it. What did what did you think? Kevin Warren taking the president job of the Chicago Bears officially today. What was your reaction? About time? No, not – I mean, he had a tough 2020. We all had a tough 2020. But I think what he was able to do – I like the addition of UCA, USC and UCLA. I know some people, some traditionalists do not. But all the money that I think is going to be used to help Wisconsin become the program that a lot of people want is going to come from the TV rights deal that wasn't necessarily hinged on those two, but it built it up even more, right? And so I, there were some good, there were some bad. I'm not sorry to see him leave. Um, a lot of people probably still upset with him about the Brad Davison suspension back like four years, <laughs> three years ago now. Um which was apparently he wanted to do it two games, and Barry Alvarez like, no, that's not going to happen type of thing. Letting Jawan Howard uh, continue to coach basketball? Yes. Uh, letting no, Fran McCaffrey continue to be a menace to society. You know, I, I, Things of that nature. I, I said this on the swing today, but I want to hammer it home here. Um, the officiating the other night, and we'll talk about basketball in a second. You know what? I'll wait for this. We'll, we'll talk about it on the basketball. It wasn't side. good. My Real quick on Kevin Warren. Yeah, his – the way that he's generated revenue for the conference is somewhat the reason Luke Fickle is the head coach. It is somewhat the reason that they are paying for all they are paying for right now, Longo and everything. So uh, things have changed where they do have more resources to allocate to these things. Are they more open to spending it? Maybe. But it isn't a, a night and day thing of it, there used to be the whole assistant spending thing right which was total bs but now there's just there's more money so um my only warned thing is uh congratulations you drastically altered the future of the sport i love and now you're not even going to be part of it he uh, was never part of it before like i know but why are we allowing people that don't care about the future of the sport man. to make those decisions i know it's man. frustrating it's annoying that's all i'm saying i i would like a college football lifer someone that actually will stick with college football forever to make decisions when it comes to, uh, to, to college football. So that's all I have on Warren. Uh, now Justin Fields is his quarterback, funny enough, after not allowing Justin Fields to play all the games in 2020. And that's either here nor there. All right, uh, we have one segment to go. We're going to talk about basketball. Zach has a word on the referees. When we come back, we'll get to that next. It's Kenny and Heilprin. This is Kenny in Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right. Welcome back in. It's Kenny in Heilprin. A couple minutes until we're out of here. No more picks to make because college football's over and I have uh, won our pick contest. I know Zach was picking against me, but it must be said that uh, the fact that Georgia and TCU were separated by 12 points on a Vegas spread. It was free money. 
Anyway, uh, last night, two nights ago, Michigan State comes into the Kohl Center, 69-65. They win. Wisconsin offensively kept up with them down the stretch. They should have won the game. Michigan State scored on each of their last, like, 15 possessions minus a turnover or two. It wasn't that they, bad, but yeah. They made every shot for the last 10 minutes of the game. Eight for eight. The Badgers without Tyler Wall again. They missed him on offense. They missed him on defense. Crowl was great. The officials stunk. Your thoughts? Yeah, the officiating. Like, the, the game itself, you're up 59-54. There's four minutes left, and you can't finish it. That's heart. I don't want to say it's heartbreaking, but it is because you are playing without Tyler Wall. You're playing without one of your best players, and you ha- where you were in position to win against a team that was actually playing pretty well, ba- some pretty good basketball of late in Michigan State, who was actually fully healthy for the first time. Uh, not one of the fir- not the first time, but one of the first times. So, yeah, that uh, that hurts. The officiating, though, tough way, tough both sides, right? I, I didn't think it was a well officiated game for either team. Well, the first half they let everything through. Yeah. In the second half they. There wasn't, yes, it wasn't so Grossly much. inconsistent. I mean, and Michigan State was great at the free throw line. They went 16 for 17. Wisconsin went 6 for 8. And the, the difference there, pretty significant in terms of numbers. Either way, I thought uh, it was pretty bad. And yet, it wasn't bad enough that any of the assistant coaches had to hold back Bo, uh, Tom Izzo or Greg Gard. So, apparently, the official only gets that bad in Iowa games. That's the only time that's the only time that's, officiating gets that bad. That's what this was about. That's what this is about. You wanted to take a shot at Fran McCaffrey. F <laughs> F Fran McCaffrey. And F everybody that got in my mentions uh that's good. when I posted that last week. That's good. I um, I had DMs t- calling me and like I didn't, this never happens. Never happens. Calling me an effing loser. Oh. Uh keep talking that stuff. You know how much he does for the uh children's hospital and like what (laughs) zach that's what people say to me i'm surprised you would ever get that now fran mccaffrey's done you deserve it though yeah some would disagree fran mccaffrey's done one great thing actually in that he sent the cameo to brian ferentz yes saying that speaking of great at his job speaking of where is that where why not the cameo but where is the firing of brian ferentz it's the 12th it hasn't happened. What is going on? And Cade McNamara is still there. Iowa's going to be interesting. You we have a whole, it, didn't you? That they'll fire him? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't think there's any way right. Cade McNamara goes there if Farron stays or stays as OC. But we'll see. I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I would love for him to stay. It's hilarious. And they're bad. So, so ba- I, bad on offense. I saw uh, – your guy, the Big Ten guy, talk about the bold prediction: Iowa was going to be top twenty in scoring offense. Yeah, year. that was uh, disagreeable. Ben Stevens was that? Was that your guy, Ben Stevens? I thought I to saw, put it nicely. Disagreeable. I saw one even more ridiculous: uh, those early, those two early top twenty-fives. Some guy that does it for the Sporting News. I can't remember his name. Uh, he did twenty-five and then just missed the cut. Wisconsin was not in the top twenty-five. Just missed the cut. Twenty-six. Nebraska. Ooh. I thought you were going to say New Mexico State. I'd put New Mexico State above Nebraska. Our Lobos. Our our Lobos, yes. If you will. Um, man, I can't wait till the fall already. I it's going to be such an interesting year because you get going in Big Ten play against a Purdue team with a new coach and a new quarterback. Just a new everything at Purdue. Kind of like Wisconsin. <laughs> you, you have Rutgers. Who's Rutgers? But yeah. they do have Shiraka. Yep. So uh, maybe they're a little less bad. You're home against Iowa. Who knows what they're going to look like? They'll be consistent, but, you know, they could still suck on offense. Then you're at Illinois. Illinois loses their whole secondary, their running back, their quarterback. Then the big Ohio State game, and that's, I think, separate. You're at Indiana. Indiana's Indiana. You're home against Northwestern, who's in a tough spot. I and love then, that we're breaking down the schedule on January 12th. Then you're home against Nebraska. Undefeated. Who's Nebraska? Nebraska hasn't beaten Wisconsin in, what, 12, 13 years? And then you're at Minnesota. Yep. I mean, it's crazy to say it's you're, January 12th. You're kind of missing, you're kind of missing Washington State in that. that well, election. I'm talking about Big Ten play. They're going to win the West next year. He's called it. Called the shot. And are they, are they going to do so with one or two losses? Two. One. Two. Two or one? I would assume two. Okay. If I had to average it all out. In Big Ten? In Big Ten play. Yeah. Overall, just two? Yep. All right. Yep. Um, Man, Pullman's going to be absolutely Does bad. Does one 
Yeah, does uh, does Jake Dickert have a 250-person tailgate to his own games too? <laughs> um, does does one commitment of C.J. Williams no. change the way I feel that's, about this? That's hilarious if it does. Like, not completely, no. but but it, 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 it leads, alters. If it leads to more. Well, I've also always had that feeling about next season. Once Mordecai came. Everyone's had that feeling about next season. Yeah. Look at, just but it's the look future. Look at the division and the talent that is on Wisconsin already and what they've added to it. There's no reason they shouldn't be in the conversation. In the yeah. conversation. And they weren't They weren't in everyone's too early top, tw- you know, way too early top 25. I think. You they know, were they were sniffing like the twenty five to thirty range. Most of them, from what they, I saw, they, they were in some of them, not in all of them. Some of them, those things. What what do you like more, the way too earlys or the bowl? Uh, people stand out in bowl practices. The what? The people that stand out in bowl practices. Which, oh. which, which thing do you like more? Stand for Wisconsin or for total Just in general? I love way too earlys because they're so wrong. <laughs> They're so wrong because they take the teams that were good and just think they're going to be good. Exact same thing that happens with the preseason top 25. And it's stupid. No, That's it's my awesome. whole point. It's what, it's what makes the sport great because people get excited about it. And some get mad. Yeah. Um, I like standing out in bowl practices. Maybe Chris Brooks becomes a better receiver than C.J. Williams, right? Maybe, maybe Chris Brooks plays tight end. That's Now we're cooking. Yeah. You see, we just needed the talent. It's, it's kind of like how... Phil Longo will be better with better players in the offense. I think this show will be better as better players come because then the ideas start to churn. Yeah. If we're, it, we're, we're working at, it, at a high level here. If we were working with the same exact personnel in the same group all the time, how the hell could we get creative, right? Yeah. Like, this is maybe, be fun. maybe Cole LaCrue goes to tight end. Maybe Cole LaCrue wins the quarterback job. Maybe he wins the job. It's, it's so <laughs> hard to say. It's hard to say who has a leg up there. Um, it's 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 hard to say what we're going to see, but spring ball starts in two months, so we have plenty of time to speculate completely uh, aimlessly. Is there anything else on on all this before we? I'm good. Before we part ways, nope. um, it has been an electrifying week. I expect more of it to come. If you want to hear the Luke Fickle interview that is up, search the Bill Michaels Show uh, as a podcast, or go to my Twitter. I, I put it out there. The podcast of this show uh, will be posted. Around 8 a.m., 9 a.m. tomorrow. So check that out wherever you get shows if you want. If you miss some of it, if you want to listen to the rest, if you want to re-listen to my apologies, my, my mea culpas that I started this show with. I was wrong, at least partially wrong. I'm being proven wrong as time is going on. Wisconsin, things are different. It's exciting. Can't wait to talk <laughs> about it again next week and as we go forward. Uh, until then, we'll talk to you on Tuesday. See ya.